This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. Well, it's Western Day, everybody, and it's Tuesday, and I am Glenda Geek from Ocala, Florida. And I am Tara Carter from Clovis, New Mexico, and you are listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for September 26th, episode 1784. This episode is brought to you by Horseware. Good morning, Horse World. Good Tuesday morning to you, and I do mean a good Tuesday morning. Well, if you insist on being accurate about it. You know, only somebody with perfect comedic timing could produce this much energy in one shot. Your time in the saddle ain't as rough as a life in between, and the fence isn't there for you to straddle, and you can't change horses in the middle of your dream. Well, good morning, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us on this Tuesday morning. It's fun to have Tara back. Hi, Tara. Hello. And of course, Tara is here, what, the fourth Tuesday of every month doing the Western episode, and we really appreciate it. You know, it's hard to believe it's been months already since you started. I know, it has. I mean, we we first talked about this as a possibility back in March, and here we are in September. I know. Pretty soon it'll be five years, and you'll still be... I asked Tara before (laughs) the show, are you still enjoying doing this? And she said, well, you know, despite you, yes. Um, (laughs) I think you made that up. But we do appreciate you coming back here every month. It's always fun to talk a little Western, and we got a great show planned for today, which Jennifer is going to tell us about. Coming up on today's Horseware Western episode, we're going to clown around a little bit with rodeo clown, a.k.a. bullfighter, J.J. Harrison, and then cowgirl in the kitchen, Jill Stanford, is going to stop by with another yummy recipe. This time, you got it. Pumpkin pie spices are involved. And wrapping up our romp, through the equinosphere, Terry Munch stops by for a chat about, well, horse things. So stay tuned for a fray, folks. Thank you, Jennifer. Daily Winnie time. Well, I got a bunch of listener and auditor happy birthdays today. Just, just, uh, Justin Harrison, Robert Grantham, Kate Cook, Mary Ashley McGibbon, uh, Brooke Vanderhoning, who uh, I, who I just love because she owns about a thousand Percherons, big black ones, <laughs> and I would just love to go live at her house because they're all so cool. So happy birthday to everybody! And I think it was also today is my one of our best friends in the whole world. He actually helped us get get our first company started, and that's John Pattison. It's his birthday to too. I am Glenn the Geek. He is John the Geek, by the way. That's uh, he, but he is much geekier than I ever will be. Much, much geekier. <laughs> so that's uh, the birthday list for today. Happy birthday, everybody! Happy birthday. 
So my daily winnie goes out to Elaine Nash. I met her several years ago, and then I ran into her again this weekend. And she just does a really neat job. Like she's one of those people who, like, they always have some cool project going on, and they're always helping people in all different ways. Anyway, I met her, and she helped coordinate a bunch of different people together to basically rehome over 900 horses in the Whoa. last year. Yeah, so I thought that was pretty cool. That's a, well, I think the largest effort to do that in the history of the United States. So, what? Well, and what you said you were somewhere? You were in L.A. over the weekend. Yeah, we went to L.A. They had a, a Homes for Horses conference. Um, it's What's where that? I never different heard of organiz- it. It's different organizations, different rescue organizations from all across the U.S. They get together to basically brainstorm, to network, and figure out how to make a difference in the equine industry. So. It's kind of a neat, kind of a neat event, a one-day event. So they pack it full of. What was your takeaway? And, what 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 things did you, we have a couple minutes here? What things did you take away from that? Well, kind of what I saw from when we were there is just that it gets easier. I think personally, with with technology today, for people to network and be able to support one another, and it's more of a. I don't know, like a joint effort than it ever was before. So I feel like they're, they all feel like they're, you know, it's an uphill battle, but they also feel like they're making progress. And I attribute a lot of that to their ability to work together on a greater scale now. And are we seeing more horses uh, in need of rehomed, do you think, than before? Were there any statistics on that? Well, I mean, right now it seems, I don't know, no one really like brought statistics. It really wasn't, yeah. there were a couple of things that they brought in about different issues, but, um, you know, right now it's just a big thing because of the, the hurricanes, like just mm. some of that. That's, that's kind of when it seems to be. Yeah. We talked know, about that yesterday bit. with the Caribbean thoroughbred aftercare people and, you know, how yeah. many horses there are just in need right now, you know, or yeah. have nothing. I mean, their, their owners have nothing either. I mean, it's, nobody has anything, so it's tough. Well, it, when it hits an area, when it hits an area, those who are the ones who take the horses in and if their facilities are not able to take any more in or got damaged, then it affects their ability. So again, being able to network with people all over. And one of the programs that we do helps, helps put different organizations together. And so it was kind of fun. One of the, one of the gals that we're with in Florida, um, she actually said, yeah, the people that are in the program with her from like Kansas were calling her and saying, I'll come and get you. I'll come and get the horses for you. And so just that, that sort of connection before and I don't know, just kind of neat. It is kind of neat. And I think technology, you're right, has helped all of that. You know, it's been interesting from the years, now well, seven years that we've been doing this show. I have Google alerts set up for any, anything that's a horse story from around the world. So if it's, if it's in the news somewhere, we get it. And of course, back in, you know, when we first started, it was right after the recession and everything. And I was seeing every story I would see, 20 to 30 of them a day were rescued horses. Uh, you know, these horses taken away from these people. They weren't fed. They're, you know, dying horses in a field, blah, blah, blah. Every story was that. And it, there were hundreds of them every week. And I have definitely seen less of that over time. And I think I see less of those stories today than I did five years ago. And it's also, I believe it's also partly education, right? So it's for someone who has a horse, a horse owner, there's more education out there as far as, you know, maybe how to get through some of the more challenging moments. Mm -hmm. And then also part of, part of these guys is they're working a lot harder to put 
training into the horses so that they are more prepared for a forever home. So, and that's, that's one of the things that Trevor helps them with. So it's, I think that's another big part of it too, is just like the synergy of all of those things starting to make a difference. And I think somebody that does end up in trouble, you know, with themselves and they can't afford to feed themselves, let alone their horses. I think that they know now they know of more avenues and more places that they can get help or maybe even turn the horses over to than they did before because of communication yes. and, and media, right? Yes, that's right. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly right. Because before, what, you know, before internet, what, what would you do? You didn't know what to do, right? You were in a situation mm-hmm. and you didn't know what to do. So what you always, what humans tend to always do when they don't know what to do is nothing. Right. Right. So, and that's human nature. That's just the way we stick our head in the sands and we hope it goes away. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it never does. You get your ass kicked. But, you know, that's that's pretty much what happens. Well, that's interesting. And I didn't even know there was a conference like that. Yeah, they do it annually. So, it's a neat deal. It's a joint effort by, by several groups. So Now, you said, Trevor, your husband helps with that. What does he do? He helps train the horses? For well, they, what, when they went around and they polled a bunch of different organizations, they said, what's, what's the number one thing that you need? And they said, training. We need help with training. And so it's actually the Humane Society of the United States that said, we'd like to invest in the training for all of these organizations. And so they asked someone to come up with a program. And several folks recommended Trevor. And so we put together a program just for rescue organizations. And then people, different organizations apply. And then they're able to go through and help train their horses using the program and then they come to clinics with Trevor and their participation is sponsored by the Humane Society of the United States. So, oh, wow. uh, yeah, just in the past couple of years, we've had over 5,000 adoptions. So it's pretty cool. Wow. You should be proud of that. That's really yeah, cool. We are. Very cool. And I did want to say, if you hear background noise today, it's because the crews are here to clean up our hurricane mess. Um, and they got all kinds of equipment out there and chainsaws. We had like five big trees come down and a thousand branches and just stuff everywhere. So they're here to clean that up. So if you hear things in the background, I apologize, but we're very happy they're here. So we're not going to argue at all. And we get our new refrigerator tomorrow. So we'll be stopping to living out of ice chests at this point. So that'll be good. Um, so uh, that's what the background noise is today. I had a chance while Jennifer gets our first guest on the line, and I'm so excited. We have not had a rodeo clown on in a long time, and these guys are so much fun to have on as guests. We should have them every month because they're just... They just, they help us do our job. Let's just put it that way. So, but at first I had a chance to catch up with the good folks at Horseware when I was at the American Equestrian Trade Association Conference, and we talked a little bit about Western Blankets. Let's hear what we found out about the Bravo line. Well, I'm here with Catherine from Horseware. We are at the trade show, and I asked her a question. Horseware is really known for blankets and really well-known, and we use them all the time on the English side, but what do you have that fits? It's that hard-to-fit, you know, quarter horse, the Western quarter horse. Our top seller into the Western market is our Bravo 12 Plus Medium. And the medium weight is a 250-gram fill. It comes with a hood that is detachable. Um, and it's a 1,200 denier material. So I know that one of the things that's really important on the Western side is to have the hood, too. And I, the no hood... No fuzzy necks, please. No fuzzy necks, that's right. And the hood kind of attaches in a different way than most hoods. This is pretty cool. The hood attachment is to minimize any sort of rubbing. So the hook is on the inside of the rug, and then the attachment on the hood is a Velcro. 
no easy snaps. Easy off, no, no snaps, snaps. right. No snaps. So it eliminates the rubbing on the eliminates neck. Eliminates rubbing, and it, it's so important to actually keep that neck covered. Uh, you spend so much time trying to put condition on that neck. It's a huge, big muscle, and during the colder weather, you're defeating the purpose of having putting that put that effort into maintaining that muscle if you don't have the hood on. Very good, and of course it has the quality, and that's why I wanted to bring this up, because horsewear has such quality, lasts such a long time, that I'm really glad to see there's something for the Western market now with that quality. Absolutely. Our, our passion is fantastic. The fit, the functionality, it, our blankets. And it just lasts a long time. It does. Yeah, <laughs> it does. And the other beauty with our rugs, they are actually crafted so that they don't need leg straps. So when you look at the graphics that we have in our magazines or on our website, you'll see horses at standing, um, trotting, galloping, um, and the, horse, the blanket is designed so that it stays in place and there's no slippage. Very good. Gwen loves that there's no leg straps. I love that. Yes. Horse husband approved. So now where can people find out more about the uh, Horseware line of blanket? We have a website that gives a comprehensive um, information on all the sizes, colors, um, and options that are available, and that is horseware.com. And it also ha- yeah, it makes it really easy to find out your size and to do all of that on there. I've been on there many times. Horseware.com. Well, our first guest today, I'm so excited to have. As I said, we haven't had a rodeo clown on in quite a while. He he has a master's degree in education. He taught middle school, which is kind of like uh, being at the rodeo, actually, for eight years. And now he is a professional rodeo clown. His name's J.J. Harrison. Hey, J.J. Good morning. Good morning. Now, which was worse, teaching middle school or being a rodeo clown? You know, the common question that I get, people are like, which one's more dangerous? You know, when you're in a middle school classroom, you don't have a barrel to hide in. So I'm going to go with teaching middle school. (laughs) Exactly. That's what I thought your answer would be. We used to do shows. We had an acting company, and the middle schoolers were always the toughest. They were always the toughest. Well, um, you know. I love it, though. You know, I mean, I I absolutely loved it. The energy that comes out of a middle school classroom is contagious. And so it's. And, you know, the thing about a middle schooler is they're, they're old enough to argue with you, but they're too stupid to win. You know? <laughs> <laughs> you kind of make an adult feel smart when you got that going on. Did you I would se- think that there's like this, this turning point, right? Maybe when you walk in the classroom, it's like, oh, middle school. But then I think with your energy and what you know, you probably get it going the right direction and you probably have a ton of fun. Really, I mean, I think teaching any age right now in, in, in our world is it's you're in the entertainment industry. You're entertaining kids. Yeah. And when they're not ready for it and don't see it coming, you slip a little learning in, you know. And that's, <laughs> yeah. we're, we're competing with so many different social medias and, and iPads and TVs and movies and all of the different uh, interests that, that can hold a kid's attention. And so, you know, I think teachers are up against a wall and, and uh, you know, it takes work and it takes dedication and you kind of got to really love it because you're not paid enough but 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 it is a steady paycheck so you went from a steady paycheck you know with with the uh, benefits and vacations and stuff to doing what you're doing now that had to be a transition just on the financial side and just mentally oh yeah yeah scary scary you know you're you're going from like you said that the benefits and and, uh, you know, you had insurance. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> insurance <kind of> <laughs> now, 
now I'm a rodeo clown pilot. So, uh, yeah, everybody wants to insure that guy, but, <laughs> yeah. uh, it, you know, it, it was, uh, it was scary waiting for the phone to ring. But, uh, what I told myself when I first started, I said, if I can make my entire teaching salary in the three month summer, if I can match them. And I felt comfortable to step away and, and I did it my first year. Oh, wow. And so I felt like, you know, okay, there's, there's obviously money to be made and, and I can make this work and, and it worked out really good. And, you know, I think, uh, one of the, one of the benefits to my job now is that, um, I, I get, I get out, I'm seeing this country. I mean, I've zigzagged across it probably 15, 20 times. And, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's really, a, it's really a fun job. I mean, everywhere I go, you got to think about my job everywhere I go, it's their biggest weekend of the year. Mm. You know, they've been waiting all year for this one weekend. You got all these volunteer hours, uh, you know, everybody's been putting in the work and then here comes the weekend and it's Wednesday or Thursday or whenever it starts and everybody's excited and you show up and they're even more excited because now you're there and the event goes off and it's great. And, you know, as soon as it's time to clean the porta potties, well, I'm already off to the next one. So <laughs> I, it, it's easy to that energy up, you know, it really is. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, hey, Tara, you're going to need to unplug for us, Tara, here for a second. Um, Tara, can, can you unplug your mic for a second? Um, so, uh, yeah, and you know, I didn't think about the fact that you're there. This is really the highlight. This is what people look forward to every year. We did live shows for a long time, and I'll tell you one thing I do miss about doing the radio part is you do miss, I do miss that energy and feedback that comes from the audience. Yes. Oh my gosh. And that's, that's kind of my thing. You know, a lot of, a lot of radio clowns will have a, a big act that they do and it's a kind of a, a scripted thing, but it, it, you know, it's got a, a flow to it and it's phenomenal. It's great. And they're funny, but I don't, I don't really have that. Uh, my whole world lives and dies on the audience. Um, I, you know, I think so much of, of fresh comedy is playing with a situation that develops right in front of everybody. And so, you know, there's always going to be something at every show. You've got to have that, that guy or that girl that can, can find a piece, a nugget and just roll with it and keep it going. And, uh, you, you know, I, I mean, I had a, a great, I was just in Poway, California last weekend. Um, and I had a, a couple of really fun, uh, fans that were just nuts. And so what would happen is that any time that there'd be a lull or something down, I would revert back right to them and, and, you know, kind of well, the audience would feel like it was the comedy was developed right in front of them, you know, and that was, that's the best way to me. That's the funniest situation. It's always those, um, those stories that you end, you end up saying, Oh, you had to be there. Mm -hmm. that's kind of what I want my comedy to be like, <laughs> I want it to be funny, but you know what? You got to be there. We want you to buy the ticket and come to see it. Well, you guys really truly are the ultimate improv comics. I mean, we were trained in improv all those years ago, but you are. You're just doing improv the whole time, and you are constantly, and we did the same thing. We were always looking for those couple of people in the audience that could really make or break your show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. We're, we're stand-up comedians on the most dangerous stage in America. I was going <laughs> to say, Glenn, did you do your improv with a bull? No, I didn't have a bull attacking me at the time, no. That's... That is that is a difference. <laughs> well, if if you think about it, you know, a stand up comedian can stand up there and he's gonna have he's gonna be able to have timing. He's gonna be able to have a delivery. So some of his jokes may not be words, 
they might just be a look, you know. Well, but with my job and any rodeo clown's job, it's you're tootling along in the rodeo, everything's going good. All of a sudden, you get a a horse lays down the chute or a, a calf, um, you know, lays down or something, and and so you you need to fill time, and so you get a, a shoot boss or something, and they look at you and go, "You're wrong. Do something. Be funny." And so then you go into something. And about the time you get to your punchline, that's when old, old, old Joseph says, okay, we're good to go. Shut up. Let's go. Move back to the rodeo. <laughs> so you've got to have really quick little quippets, little things that are just funny. And, and uh, you know, that's why a lot of my stuff is real short, quick, snappy. And, and uh, you know, if I get it all the way out, great. If I don't, you just got to let it go. I'd probably get to say... 10% of the comedy that comes through my head during a rodeo. That's mm. it. <laughs> Did you grow up doing rodeo? Like, my, were you around that environment? My mother is in. I was around the environment a lot. Um, we had horses growing up. My mother is an attorney. My stepfather is a superior court judge. <laughs> um, so they are so proud of their... I bet. <laughs> their, their master's yeah. degree educated no. son. <laughs> Yeah, they are really appreciating that Washington State diploma I got that they have to pay for. <laughs> but, you know, I, the, the thing about parents, good parents support their kids, no matter if they're going to be ballerinas or rodeo clowns. And, you know, I think that uh, I've always been supported. They've always said, you know, I, I wanted to be a smoke jumper. I wanted to, you know, everything I wanted to do, my mom redirected me back to you're going to college. Um you know, of course, you're you're young. You're going to be an athlete. I'm going to be a professional athlete. Since that works out, you know. And then uh, I just always had mom kind of redirecting me, and and uh, you know, it, it was a weird conversation when, when I came back and and told him, you know, hey, I'm, I think I'm going to be a rodeo clown. I think I'm going to try this <laughs> uh, because they're not typically rodeo people. Nobody in my family is really rodeo. I had an uncle that uh, that broke colts, and uh, we've always just been small town people. We've always just been. Uh, you know, kind of grew up around it and uh, enjoyed rodeo, but uh, they they don't understand the travel. I mean, the, the travel, I'll, there's times I'll drive, you know, to get down here. I live in Washington State, and to get down to, to San Diego, where I'm at right now, that's a, you know, 18, 20-hour drive. And, uh, you know, they don't understand that part of it. They don't understand the the, the drive, the, the, the travel that, uh, that you got to put in to do this job because there isn't a rodeo. You know, a lot of people think you work one rodeo a year, theirs, right? They think, yeah. well, we saw him in Ellensburg, so he must just live in Ellensburg, do Ellensburg's rodeo, and that, and that's all he does. But they don't realize that I've, you know, been in Jackson, Tennessee, and, and Hobbs, New Mexico, and, and Sheridan, Wyoming, and Sisters, Oregon. You know what I mean? So there's there's a lot of travel that goes with it. I feel like I need to, to you know, marry like a little photographer girl or something just to document where i go because i mean it's it's so cool the things that i've seen and and uh you know i i've just got so many mental pictures in my head that uh it, it'd be nice to, to put together like a photo album or something have a slideshow yeah, yeah. Slideshow. yeah. yeah. Nice, beautiful photographer girl. You know any? Yeah, well, I, we'll work on that, okay? <laughs> yeah. Everybody's there got a go. phone these days, JJ. Everybody uses their phones for cameras. Now, so <laughs> you, sh- you should be able to find one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's, uh, there's nothing like a good camera, though. True. Did you, that that picture on your Facebook page that Matt Cohen took is pretty awesome of the 
Matt, yeah, Matt's a great photographer. He's he's funny. Which one did you look at? The one that you're being drugged through the mud. Oh, okay. So that is uh, that's happened a couple times in my career (laughs) when uh, when you're in a rodeo and and you know you guys are horse people, so you can understand that there's there are times even at a rodeo where it's just unsafe. It's just unsafe, and and stock contractors don't want to buck their horses through it. Um, you know, cowboys don't want to compete in it and when they, at the risk of injuring an animal. So you become the show. And, uh, that was in Clovis, California. That was their hundred year, uh, celebration. And, you know, lucky for them, I think God kind of gave them the, the rainstorm of the century on, on their hundred year because they'd already pre-sold every single ticket there, but it rained for three straight days. And, uh, you know, I, I just, I said, look, we need to sell the rodeo. And I think what I need to do is just ski through this. And so, uh, <laughs> I was being drugged by a horse, you know, the pickup man. I said, look, just take me through this puddle. Let's do this. And I started on my feet and I used to dirt ski behind yeah. horses till I blew my hip and knee and back out. But, uh, immediately, you know, my feet caught and I whipped me down onto my belly and I just didn't let go. And, Matt, uh, Matt's got a way of being in the right spot at the right time to catch those kind of images. And yeah, I think good photographers are pretty cool. Yeah. What, uh, do you, and do you, yeah, go ahead, oh, sorry. do you go ahead of time? Like back when I did a little bit of stuff with the rodeo, the rodeo clowns would come in early and do some outreach in the communities and different hospitals and stuff like that. Is that still something you guys do? Absolutely. A lot yeah. of that is, uh, set up through the committee now. So they'll know when we're getting into town. Um, you know, our, our schedules are pretty tight. So we're, uh, we're kind of cruising, uh, from one to the other, but I'm a, you know, I'm a school teacher. So naturally, uh, the first thing I did when I started this job was figure out a way to get back into classrooms. And I do anti-bullying assemblies and, uh, oh, that's awesome. you know, my, I kind of developed, I developed two main thoughts and, and uh, not that I'm any smarter than anybody else, but I, I wanted to, to really distinguish two differences because I tease people for a living. That's what I do. I tease myself. I tease <laughs> others. Um, and, and, you know, that's how I make a living. And so I wanted to really distinguish the difference between teasing and bullying. Mm. And so I talk about, you know, the balance of power that, that's been around forever and, you know, your friends. So you tease your friends. Uh, it becomes a bullying situation when it's repetitive and you're not friends with that person. Mm. And then the second thing I wanted to do was, which, which as a teacher, the thing I saw the most was it wouldn't get reported. It wouldn't get, you know, mm-hmm. what he would talk about it because nobody wants to be a tattletale and being a tattletale is a bad thing. So in my assembly, I, you know, I raise it and I mean, if you want to be a tattletale, of course, nobody raises their hand. I said, that's fine. Being a tattletale is a bad thing. So we talk about when you're teasing somebody and they report it or they tell on you, they're a tattletale. Fine. I'm not going to argue with that because that's the way society looks at it. So you tattletale when someone's teasing you, but you report it when somebody's bullying. And so it, it changes it. It's what you guys are doing right now. You're reporters. We're trying to get the behavior out, get it into as many people's hands as possible. Cause uh, the more people that know about bullying behavior, the better chance we are going to get to stop it. I'm turning Tara in today. Uh, she's been uh. bullying me forever. So I'm going to do that. She's been on a watch list for a while. (laughs) 
Yeah. Well, I I think that's awesome. I I feel like if there was one thing that could really make a huge difference in society, it would be the bullying thing. So I didn't know that that's a message that you delivered. That's awesome. That is great. Thank you. Well, well I, I, I'm not a hero, but I feel like yeah. we need more role models in our sports. Well, they're going to look up to you. Now, Knowing what now. you do, kids are going to look up to you, and that, that makes a world of difference. Uh, it really does. Now, I got one more question before we have to let you go, and that is everybody in rodeo aspires, aspires to be in Las Vegas in December at the NFR. And I know the clowns do, too. Are you going yeah. this year? I don't know yet. I've I've done the rodeo. Um, I've had the honor of being there. Um, I will be down in Las Vegas no matter what. I work at the MGM Grand and host all their parties, and and uh, so I'm I'm there for the duration. So it'll be you know 17 days in Vegas in, in uh, December. But uh, we we get voted on, and uh, right now I'm uh, just got the phone call. I'm in the top five, and and that's always a, an honor and. Um, you know, there's a lot of really good guys in this industry and a lot of funny people and, and a lot of talent and a little bit of, a little bit of, uh, you know, politics and anything. And so you kind of, you kind of navigate it and you try your best to, to get the job, but you better not uh, set your career on it, you know, because it's mm-hmm. one of those things that may happen once, may happen 10 times, but, uh, you just kind of let the chips fall where they may. And, uh, but either way, I think it's our Super Bowl and, one of those things where I really encourage people, if you've never been um, to to Las Vegas for the NFR or the Wrangler National Finals, I should call it, uh, come down. Come check it out. We take uh, we take over Vegas. We really yeah. do. Everywhere you go, you're going to find a cowboy hat and all the, the casinos uh, kind of cater to the cowboy. I know the MGM Grand does a phenomenal job of putting together shows and concerts that are free and, and uh, you know, activities. So, yeah, it's come, an amazing. Come join us in Vegas. It's an amazing production of the whole town, much less the rodeo. So it's really cool. I did have one more question here. I lied. Sure. This just came in from Melanie, uh, one of our listeners is listening live, and she wants to know: Are you, Hello, are you ever scared in the ring, or is the adrenaline just too high? Well, <laughs> well, Melanie, uh, you know when you're a big old man like me, forty-seven <laughs> pounds. <laughs> Yes, Melanie, when the bulls get close to me, I pee down my leg like anybody else. I, you know, I I think if you don't have a fear of a 2,000-pound bull, you're something wrong with you. And there's there's a set of bullfighters. And I never, ever in my career have taken credit for being a bullfighter. Uh, the bullfighters in, in the PRCA and beyond are just, they're nuts. They're bonkers. Um, these are the guys that step in, run their hands across the bull's face, and they make a pass through there. Watching good bullfighting is really fun, and in my career, I get to see a lot of really good ones. Um, my job is to, if something goes wrong, and a bullfighter gets knocked out or gets knocked down, which does happen, then my job is to get the bull's attention and have him hit me in that barrel instead of our bull rider or another bullfighter. And I take that job pretty serious. You, you really are. It's it's a safety thing, and you're really trying to. It's it's kind of like going into the middle of the hurricane with a rowboat and just hoping that uh, you can pick up the guy that's drowning. You know, sometimes it's it's a lost cause, but uh, you do everything you can uh, to protect the guy because this is it's 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 a it's a brother. 
in there. It's a brother. I think that people get confused, too. We were talking about this before the show, actually. And I think there's some confusion between a bullfighter and a rodeo clown. I think a lot of people think they're the same, right? They used to be. You know, in the old days, like Rick Beth and all them guys that, that started out, uh, Miles Hale, there's a bunch of great ones, Rex Beth. They, they were bullfighters, but then uh, they, they didn't have microphones at the time. Technology's kind of caught up with us, and so they would uh, use the announcer as their voice, and they would do some comedy stuff to fill the time. And then naturally what you realize is there's guys that are really good bullfighters but are, are not funny at all, funny zero level. And then there's guys <laughs> that are just quirky, goofy uh, bean poles like me that, that are uh, funny as all get out, but we're not great bullfighters. And so we separated the job. And, mm. you know, I mean, it's, I, I call my job the entertainment industry. Um, I know a lot of, a lot of clowns get all huffy and puffy with me and I've been hated for it, but it really is. We're in the entertainment industry. Uh, we're providing entertainment because my goal when you go to a rodeo is that you don't have to be a rodeo fan to have fun. And, and that's, that's what I like. I like the fact that I can take one of my favorite compliments was a, Oh, she's probably a 50 year old woman. And she, she said, Oh, sweetie, I just love the rodeo. I lost 10 pounds just watching you. And, and, <laughs> you know, that's the compliment. Cause this is a lady that she's not a rodeo fan. It was the first rodeo she'd ever been to. She had no clue what was going on. She, you know, we changed, you know, as soon as you start to figure it out, you see, 10 or 15 guys go and then all of a sudden boop, we're doing a different event completely so you know about the time you get it figured out we change events on them so a lot of times you're that bridge from the contestant to the fan well you 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 do a you do a you are an entertainer i mean basically everybody at the rodeo are entertainers i mean you're there for without the audience you probably wouldn't be there at all so uh you, we're all in the entertainment business in one form or another and you guys especially and and you know thank you for doing what you do and really keeping the western lifestyle alive for 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 those people that have never been to a rodeo before those people you were just talking about so, so thank you for doing that. Yeah, we'll post a link to your I mean, Facebook page. Do you have a website, or should we? Uh, I, I I don't even I do, but okay. I we'll post a link to Facebook. I we'll, don't even know. Right. Just, uh, yeah, I've got a like page on Facebook. That'd be great. All right, good. We'll post a link to that on our Facebook page. Thank you, JJ, for getting up so early to join us and have fun at the rodeo this weekend. You bet. Thanks, guys. All right, take take care. <laughs> JJ's website is jjharrison.rodeo. He has no idea. Nobody ever knows what their website is anymore. Did you notice that? <laughs> they don't. They don't visit it. No. So Jennifer will post a link to. You got to go look at his pictures. Yeah, he has some great pictures, and he just looks like he's he's having the best time. He really does. Uh, what a nice guy. <clears throat> yeah. A really nice guy. Thanks, Denise, for setting that one up. And you know, these guys are always this way. They're always just the nicest guys. They really are, and they they do a lot of great work in the community too, as he said. Well, let's hear from Doctor Roses, and then we're coming back. Speaking of nice, we're gonna have Jill Stanford on a cowgirl in the kitchen with our recipe of the month. <laughs> Thank you. 
Dr. Rose's Remedies Skin Treatment Salve and Spray are 100% all-natural products. They are anti-inflammatory, antibacterial, antiviral, and antifungal. Dr. Rose's are made with all human-grade ingredients and are safe and effective for treatment for all manner of cuts and scrapes on your horse. And Dr. Rose's is the must-have product here at the Horse Radio Network headquarters to keep PT Scooter's delicate white pasterns free from dew poisoning and scratches. Ask for Dr. Rose's at your local tax store or feed supplier or visit them online at drrosesremedies.com. That's drrosesremedies.com. We use it all the time here, and actually we kind of use it on ourselves too because it works for all kinds of stuff. I know it's not recommended for humans, but we use it. Dr. Rose's Remedies. Well, we have our next guest. She's a regular, isn't she? She is. We're going to welcome back Jill Stanford, cowgirl in the kitchen. Jill, are you with us this morning? I certainly am. Good morning, you two. <laughs> Good morning. What's the weather like today out where you are? I saw you got some snow. I can tell you today is going to be a perfect Indian summer day. Not too hot, clear. The mountains have fresh snow on them, which, of course, will creep down my way before long. But it's an absolutely beautiful day, just a great day to be alive. I have a cowgirl arriving from Georgia tomorrow. We're going to go over and see Kathy Moss on Thursday. We're going to visit the Mustang Joey. I'm looking forward to that. Can I uh, – I gave her a shout-out yesterday, but you just mentioned her name, so I'm going to give her an extra one today. Kathy Moss sent us the nicest care package. Um, because because of the hurricane, she sent us the nicest care package, and I just want to thank her again today. I'm going to take a picture today and post it on the Facebook page. I can't wait to see that. That sure sounds like Kathy. She put She's some uh, just right. She put some jerky in there that I'm um, waiting to try too. <laughs> I'm bringing some home. As a matter of fact, I'm taking a little cooler with me so that I can pick up some of the wonderful smoked meats. And I'm hoping that there's a smoked turkey breast. Oh my God! Now, do, does really she good. work in that? Is she involved as a little... family or whatever? I don't. Yes, yeah, a matter of fact, she and her husband have a, a a butcher shop in John Day, outside of John Day, and I think that uh, she should post that. I think she should send that to you. That could be a link. Is that Russell's <laughs> you know, Custom Meats? That's it. In, that's it. That's your husband. Russell's Custom Meats, and that's in Cannon City, Oregon, and I assume it's they probably... Can, Canyon City, Oregon, oh, Canyon three City. miles south of John Day, and that smoked turkey is the best I've ever had in my life. She brought that uh, here to Sisters last November when we launched the Cowgirls in the Kitchen, and I had Kathy come, and I had Cowgirl Charmaine Murray, who's coming back tomorrow... Um, she's adopted Oregon as her adopted state, and so she's coming back for a visit. She's curious to see Joey the Mustang as well and how Kathy's worked with this horse. It's really quite amazing. But Kathy arrived with this, you know, 100-pound smoked turkey that I was left two days later with just the carcass. <laughs> My God, it was good. People couldn't stop eating it. Well, it I'm going to try while we're on the while we're on the show. I just opened the beef jerky she sent from Russell's Custom Meats, <laughs> and while you guys oh, are talking, take a bite? it Tell smells us. really good. I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a try. Yeah. So here we go. 
Yeah, and summer sausage is good. I'm taking a cooler, like I said. I also wanted to point out that I love J.J. Harrison, and he is a huge favorite here in Oregon at the Sisters Rodeo, at the Pendleton Roundup, anywhere J.J. goes. He has a huge following, and he's great with kids. Boy, you ought to see him work with little kids. This is really good jerky, by the way. Just saying. I know. See, you're going to be chewing. I am. I'm just going to let you guys go. I'm going to eat. <laughs> yeah, I no, noticed JJ has a way with kids. He's wonderful. I noticed even his I mean like his face makeup is pretty simple. So I yes. don't know, that's I wonder if that's by by choice for kids. I being think a little so. Estimate. I think yeah. I think so. I have an autographed picture of him <laughs> which <laughs> I've had I think for about ten years. I just you know, I treasure that because I think he's just a great guy. He takes the time he will spend time with people. You don't have the feeling when you're talking with J.J. or you're watching him talk with other people that he's not just doing lip service. He's really interested in what you're saying. He's very humble. When people say, oh, I just love you, he just, you know, I know that he enjoys that, but he doesn't turn it into something else. He's really a, he's really a gift. He's a gift to, to rodeo, I think. He's awful mm-hmm. good. That's cool. Yeah, I saw that he did a commercial for the Sisters the sisters rodeo there. Okay, this yes, is really yes. this is some of the and I'm not just saying this. This is some <laughs> of the best jerky I've ever had. <laughs> what? I'm telling you, it's I, t- I know. Is Isn't beef jerky? Yeah, yeah I have the beef time? jerky here. It's really good. Beef. And I don't eat jerky a lot, but this one, you know, some jerky just is too smoky. Do you know what I mean? It's almost yeah. It makes you want to gag almost. And this one's not. And I think <laughs> yeah. that's the difference. Sorry, Tara. It's morning. Oh, no, Jennifer's coming over. All right, Jennifer's yeah, Jennifer now in the studio. Like, Tara, I'll send you some, okay? Opening hey, wait, the jerky, okay. not even telling me. Yeah. Got to pass that out. Yeah. Oh, good. Jennifer's well, eating it too now, so we're we're just going to eat. You guys do a recipe. I feel like good. <laughs> okay, so, okay. Tell us, tell us a little gonna bit. I'm going to talk about pumpkin soup. Yeah, I was going to say it's Indian summer, and I think this is probably our last month to get out for a good ride, particularly... Um, up in the Mount Hood area, all the vine maples are turning, and you can ride the Barlow Trail, and I've done that many times, and it's so beautiful. It's like riding through a stained glass window. Yeah. I think this month we don't want to have to spend much time in the kitchen. We don't want to be slaving you know, over a stove in Indian summer. So I came up with something that tastes like fall but isn't going to cost you a whole lot of time. In less than 15 minutes from start to finish, you can make a pumpkin soup that calls for just five ingredients. I'm telling you, this is really good. When you serve this, everybody will be... Oh, I love, I love pumpkin soup. Everybody will look for the remains of the pumpkin that you hollowed out, baked and pureed. (laughs) I won't tell if you won't. (laughs) So here's what you're going to need. And I've posted this recipe on my Facebook page, The Cowgirl in the Kitchen. So here's what you're going to need. Four cups of pumpkin puree, not pumpkin pie mix. Be very careful when you pick up the can that it doesn't say pumpkin pie mix. You want the plain old pumpkin puree. Two cups of chicken stock, a cup of half and half, one tablespoon of ground ginger, two teaspoons of cinnamon, and salt and pepper to taste. Whisk all these ingredients together in a medium saucepan. Be sure that there aren't any clumps. 
Put this on medium heat for about 15 minutes and allow it to simmer a little longer a little longer for all the flavors to get it all together. You can also put this in your slow cooker on low for an hour. You can do optionally if you don't like the ginger cinnamon idea, maybe that you might think that's a little bit too much like a pumpkin pie. You can put in 2 tablespoons or less of curry powder instead of the ginger and cinnamon. That gives it kind of a nice little kick. When you serve this, you can dress it up with in a, either a cup or a bowl by adding a dollop of sour cream and some roasted pumpkin seeds. And then people are going to think you're very mm. fancy. And yeah. isn't that the point when you're serving people? You want people to say, oh, you went to so much trouble. Just smile and say <laughs> thank you. They're going to think you knocked yourself out. <laughs> I uh, like to serve this with my cowgirl cornbread, which is also found in the cowgirls in the kitchen, um, and maybe some uh, butter that's been whipped with honey. It makes a perfect mm. fall lunch or an early supper. You know, pumpkin soup, it really gets you in the mood for what's about to hit us, which is fall and Halloween and Thanksgiving and then the snow. It'll get you right in the mood. It's a wonderful soup. It sounds delicious. I, I'm a huge fan of pumpkin. I, I know there's some people who dread when the pumpkin spice everything comes out because it means <laughs> fall. But I'm one of uh-huh. those people who, like, some people get swimsuit, like, they go to the gym to get ready for the summer. I go to the gym to get ready for pumpkin spice season. Like, this is, I'm, I'm looking forward to this making soup. this soup. Yeah. <laughs> oh, good. Oh, good. I like fall very much. I think it's it's a wonderful time. It's crisp. It's We're not going through forest fires. We finally got the fire that was only four miles away from me fully contained. That was a very exciting month after I talked to you the last time. We had to deal with a great deal of smoke and um, it's scary at night looking out your kitchen window and looking at flames. You know, it's not really what you want to see. So all of that has cleared up. The smoke is gone. The sky is blue. It's fall. And I think pumpkin says fall. You know what, too? We lived in Pennsylvania. And we used to love, Adams County had the best apple festival. And, you know, apple butter, they were making apple butter and apple pies and everything there. And that's another thing about fall that I absolutely love is all of those kind of festivals. And I think it depends on where you live in the country. But in the fall, it was always cooler. You got to wear a little tiny jacket, finally. The heat was done. And we always went to the Apple Festival. And and I love apple pie. I love everything apple, pretty much. So apple dumplings. I I had a customer that made the best apple dumplings in the world. Homemade apple dumplings were the best. Those aren't easy to do. No, and she, I would take them home. Every time I would go over there, I was in the investment business then, I would tell her that, um, I'm not coming unless you made the apple dumplings. So, and she did, and I would always take some home to Jennifer, and they were just because apple dumplings are tough because the apples either going to be they have to be just right, they can't be too mushy, and they can't be too hard. Right. And a lot of people don't cook them long enough, and the crust is done, but the apple's too hard. That's right. That's right. I'm very impressed that she could do that. It's not easy to. Do. That's not in not in my any of my cookbooks because I'm not good at that. Don't you find that everybody is good at something, but not so good at other things? Yeah, I'm not so you good know? at most things. Um, and I, yeah, that's yeah, well, <laughs> that's well, when I was horse showing, you never found me in a five-gated saddle horse class. 
Not good at that. Well, hey guys, I think you have to figure out what you're good at and work at it. You know. You know, I got I got a I got a surprise for everybody, and that is who we were just talking about. Kathy Moss, A.K. Moss, is on the line. Yes. Yeah. Good morning. Good, good morning. Good morning. Hi, good morning. Hey, Jill. <laughs> hey, Kathy. <laughs> How are you? Now, Kathy, I've just been I've been eating some beef jerky. I opened it this morning. Thank you so much for the care package you sent, by the way, with your books in there and everything. Oh, yeah. And then the Russell's uh, Custom Meats and Deli uh, beef jerky. And I've just been eating it for the last 20 minutes. Jennifer came over and got some. And Tara is very jealous, by the way. Yes. Okay. I'm, I'm yeah, well, it. you know what? Yeah. Well, that's one of the one of the things. We just lost our smokehouse, so I am completely out of jerky at this time. So you speaking oh, no. of that is, I, <laughs> yeah. What happened you know to what this? We did, Glenn, is we put up a, um, a world map on our wall of the where our jerky goes, mm-hmm. and uh, it has covered the United. It has covered the world from Thailand to um, Iraq to. Um, all over the U.S. and Canada. What happened so to the smokehouse? Kind of to see where it actually goes. So, are you telling me I don't have to bring my cooler? Um, yeah, you probably don't have to bring your cooler. Not unless you want fresh steaks. Then, then talk to me, girlfriend. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll, okay, I'll bring the cooler. I'll bring the cooler. I mean, if I'm going to drive three hours, you better believe I'm turning around with something in the car. <laughs> well, now, Kathy, I'm so looking forward to seeing you. I, yes, Glenn. Give us a plug for the books too, uh, because you know we we need to. Oh. Everybody's always looking for for books to read that involve horses and you know country life and stuff. So give us a plug for those. You know, you guys were talking a little while back on horse training or horse stories, um, and I don't know for sure how to explain it, and I won't waste your time on it. But when you get into Unspoken and that series. Um, there's a point in there where one of the horses has uh, dumped her rider and drug her. And they sent her to trainers. They sent this horse to trainers to fix the horse. And in it, um, Abe Case, and one of the main characters, um, stands outside the stall, and the horse is just absolutely petrified. And the guy's like, well, when are you going to work the horse? When are you going to work the horse? And Abe says, you know, it's up to him. It's on his terms. Um, the, the depth that is in those books is pretty, is, is not seen in most books about trying to understand what the horse is trying to say because they don't have a voice to do it. With that said, it goes all the way through into finding home. It's about release and letting go of the past and coming up to... Um, looking for what's going to happen tomorrow or the adventures that are in our life today. And with all of that said, I'll add one more plug. I have just finished, drum roll, I have just finished From the Heart. Um, Congratulations. And now it's getting ready to go to the editors. And so how many I'm books are the there cup. in the series? I'm holding the red crop cup that says From the Heart right here in my hand right now. <laughs> yes. Well, I am too, Jill. <laughs> How many uh, books are in the series? Uh, the Red Cup Society. Uh-huh. <laughs> What's that, Glenn? How many books are in the series? Three. Three, okay. This is the last one. And that, 
<coughs> it took me two two years to finish this book because I didn't want to let the characters go. But yep, okay. I am I am finished. Now it's time to go to the editors. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know how hard that is. So congratulations on that. Where can people buy them? They can buy them on Amazon. It's actually Unspoken and Finding Home are both five stars on Amazon right now. Um, and then, of course, you can always get a hold of me by akmossbooks.com, uh, and I can, I can get them sent to you signed. Well, I am proud to say that we are now holding those same bread mugs, too. Thanks to you. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> now, you listen to the show. <laughs> Kathy, you listen to the show, so you know how popular it is for people to win a box of crap from me, right? That's the coveted prize, yes. is a box of crap from my closet. Yes. Now I know why they're so excited about it, because when I got your box, it was like, oh, what's in it? Uh-huh. You know, so now I get why they're so excited about it. <laughs> well, I am tickled. There was I put jam in there from Kimberly Orchards, which is about thirty-five miles from us. Um, I just wanted you to have a touch of Oregon and just wish you the best and and all the challenges you're up against. Well, thank and you I so much. Thought, what can I do? And it's like, oh, definitely got to give you jerky. Yeah, well, <laughs> which I've eaten about half the bag already this morning. So uh, I got to savor it yeah, now. I know it's probably the last bag, so I got I got to spread it out. Yeah, but, you what, got no more smokehouse. I'm stunned. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, we got. It'll be probably about two weeks before we get another another batch of well, jerky. To, and I tell I'll, you, I'll have to make a turnaround because I've got to have smoked turkey. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> hey, I have a smoked turkey for you. It's just the jerky I'm worried about. All right, guys. Well, we have to <laughs> run oh here. God, hey, thank hey, you, Jill. Glenn, I. Thank you so much, Glenn. You take care of yourself. Thank you, Kathy, too. Appreciate it. And, of course, you can find today's recipe of the pumpkin soup, which sounds really, really good. I like anything pumpkin. You can find that at Cowgirl in the Kitchen on Facebook. And, of course, all of uh, AK Moss books are on. uh, We'll post a link to them on our, our Facebook page, too, but they're also on Amazon. Thanks a lot, guys. And it's Russell's Custom Meats and Deli. Thanks a bunch. There you go. All right. Take care. See you Thursday, Kathy. All right. Take care. See ya. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. That sounds like there's a lot of good food and maybe a little touch of alcohol when they get together. I'm just saying. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm sure. Yeah. I think there is. (laughs) Well, this is really good, actually. I'm sorry you can't taste it. It's okay. I have a feeling... I kind of have an, I have a good imagination. I love Jill. She she just loves coming on the show, and she always brings really cool recipes. And actually, this this I've never had pumpkin soup this way, so I it think sounds it sounds really good. good. And yeah. you know, I thought I freaked out a little bit at the chicken stock in with the pumpkin puree, but chicken stock pretty much is used in everything. It is, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's worth a try. We'll find out. Do you think I you agree. could get your I'm kids to eat so. a pumpkin soup? Trevor's not always thrilled when I make new things, <laughs> but I'm going to give it a try. Do you know, the kids might eat it if then if you put marshmallows, little baby marshmallows in it. Oh, yeah. I think they might eat it then. Um, yeah. Because then it's, then it's well, fun. Well, like half of the baby food right now has got pumpkin in it anyway, so Vivian's already been eating it. So I think, I think it might be more of a hit than... Uh, We'll see. This is actually I'll on our diet, you know. Jennifer. We could actually make this and actually eat it. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, so that's another thing. You know, it's gluten free. It doesn't have the crust. 
Well, that, let's talk a little bit about one of the most popular girths right now on the market. It's called the Shoulder Relief Cinch by Total Saddlefit. They have a shoulder relief girth for the English side, which has become hugely popular. I think it's one of the most popular girths on the market today. And that same thing is happening over on the Western side with the Shoulder Relief Cinch. The reason that this works is it improves saddle fit and horse comfort. The center of the cinch cinch sits on your horse's natural girth groove while the sides are set back about an inch or two and that present prevents the saddle from being pulled into the shoulders which is a common problem with english and western saddles both because most cinches are made to be straight across and and that tends to be what happened you can have your saddle kind of ride up a little bit and the that's why these cinches are becoming so popular because it prevents that from happening it, uh, it also has the special shape is cut out for elbow clearance as well. So the elbows have a lot of room there. Uh, it, you know, one of the cool things about these cinches is they have an interchangeable liner system. And I know you talked about this the last time that with some horses you want to use neoprene, with some horses you want to use wool or, or wool fleece or wool felt. You, you kind of want to cater the cinch and what the material is to the horse, like we do with bits and every, and saddles and everything else. Well, now you can do it with one. One cinch. Uh, the additional liners can all be purchased separately. You can you can then they're velcroed on. You can take them in and out. The nice part is you can clean them easily, and there's more flexibility there in the cleaning department. I know. Okay, everybody. Yep, you probably should clean them occasionally. Just saying. <laughs> Um, it is the top selling cinch on multiple large online retailers. Visit totalsaddlefit.com. That's totalsaddlefit.com. Go over there. They have some videos and the pictures really are, really do say what it does and shows you why it works. I know on the Western side, you guys pay a lot sometimes for your cinches and for, for some of the equipment that you have. This is worth the money. You're going to get one cinch and you're going to use it on a whole bunch of horses because of the flexibility with the liners. And I know you said you, you, you use fleece, you use wool, uh, and felt. It's just, you know, it's just having that one cinch that you can use in mul- for multiple horses makes it so much easier, doesn't it? It does. Yeah. You don't have to change them out of the saddle all the time. Right. Which, when you're riding a lot of horses in a day, like your husband does, is important. A time is money, right? That's he. That's the only thing he's got is time, and right. right. I mean, that's what he's selling. Yeah. He's selling his time, and you got to waste as little of it as possible, especially when you have forty five kids like you do, and he still has to get in and I'm see. Actually, I'm actually curious to try one of these too, because sometimes I feel like people their horses get galls because their horses are overweight correct like they don't ride them as much and then they go into a clinic and then they ride them for this big extended period of time and so i'm curious if that's something that would help just from a simple like out of shape horse wait a minute there are western horses and english horses that are overweight i didn't know (laughs) (laughs) right totalsaddlefit.com is where you can find it go check it out today i think you're gonna if you have any horses that are girthy as well and you know they get a little girthy when you put the girth on what we have found with the trainers that we have using them that are our hosts over on the dressage side is they have less of a problem than with the girths and the girthiness issue because it's not pushing on the spots that cause them to be girthy in the first place so check that out as well english or western but it's the shoulder relief cinch by total saddle fit well, um, we are going to be going to our next guest. I think Jennifer is going to be getting our next guest on the line here shortly. <clears throat> there was a competition recently 
in Fort Worth. It was a Mustang makeover competition. I know that Mary was there, and we have not talked to Mary, by the way, since she was there. And I know she was, Mary is one of the most competitive people I know, as you probably know, because we were at Road to the Horse all at the same time. And she is very competitive. She likes to win. And I think her horse did very well. But Mary, you know, if she doesn't win, she's upset. Um, so I can't wait to talk to her about how that all went. It looked like a great deal of fun. Unfortunately, we were supposed to be there, but Irma kind of interrupted our RV tour of Texas. Uh, so we, we didn't get a chance to go. Were you there? Did you get to go? I didn't go. That's where... Uh, we were in Amarillo. Trevor had a horse show that weekend, so we were in Amarillo at the same time they were doing the Fort Worth event. Got it. And then and then when we came home from Amarillo, we checked out all the results, and we found out that Trevor's really good friend from college and uh, Taryn Lee Munch had taken home the reserve championship. And we actually saw a video of Taryn... They interviewed him after the event, and he just had some really cool things to say about his horse and about, you know, developing great all-around horses, and this horse happened to be a Mustang. And anyway, I just, we loved what Taryn had to say, but, you know, we loved Taryn anyway. So uh, I just thought, man, it would be great to hear about his experience and and what all he, he did in the event, but also what he's done in his life to help prepare him for the event and develop such a great horse, so... All right, and uh, Jennifer is trying to get him on the line now. While we're waiting for Taryn, why don't we do a little song? I have a little Bren Hill here, who's who's in Texas, I believe, actually. Uh, And it's called Breakaway Runaway, and we'll be back with Taryn to find out how he did at the Mustang makeover with his Mustang. Be right back. Gather slack on a Saturday night on a horse bred Lucky J. Pine. She spins his heels in the July dust and whispers everything is gonna be fine. The price of diesel's up a dollar fifteen since they struck you out in the spring. They broke left and she missed him clean. All she can do now is cling to the dream of a breakaway. Soon, but she's got no choice. She never dreamed she could feel so alone. But there's a fire burning deep inside, and a new hope shining in her eyes. She was born to rope and ride from the Texas plains to the Silway skies. She's a breakaway. Back home 
Well, that was Bren Hill uh, with Breakaway Runaway. You can find all of his music on iTunes. Just search for Bren Hill. That's B-R-E-N-N Hill. While we're waiting for Jennifer to get our guest on the line, I wanted to remind everybody that Jamie will be back tomorrow. We're back in full production here now, so all the shows will be coming out, and we're even catching up on some of the shows that we missed uh, while we were without power. So that's all happening. And don't forget to take a listen to Stable Scoop. It's round three of Equestrians Have Talent. All of you guys are singing and doing various things, poetry and all, all kinds of fun stuff. And we're doing round three, and the voting goes until Thursday. So take a listen to Stable Scoop, the latest episode now. And the voting goes till Thursday. And this is the final round. So we're going to have our three winners. And for next week, they're going to have to do another something. And then we're going to vote on that to find out who the grand champion is. I noticed, Tara, I did not get a song from you. A song. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I, I, uh, I was very disappointed, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> actually, actually, I did. We do have a guitar. The boys have a guitar. And we have a power folding seat in the back of one of the cars. And I totally crushed the guitar the other day so you like crushed really... it crushed it like not you oh, played it yeah. well you mean you actually physically crushed the guitar oh yeah 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 I, yeah I crushed it in all the ways that does not allow me to submit something so well i got we have taryn on here who is our next guest and before i let you have taryn i taryn i understand that you were the best man in in tara's wedding taryn are you there <laughs> He's hiding from us, I think. He's a busy guy. <laughs> yeah, he's not talking to us. Taryn, are you there? No. Yes, sir. Oh, there you are. So you were the best man in the wedding? Yes, sir. And then Trevor was the best man in our wedding. Oh, well, now, I want to know, because Tara failed to send in an entry for Questions Have Talent, because she said she doesn't have any. I want to know, can she, in fact, sing what after alcohol? Because <laughs> he did, because he had the alcohol too. That's why he doesn't remember. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think there was singing at either at either event. Ah, uh, okay. Uh, at my wedding, kind. I know there wasn't, and I don't remember it at Tara's wedding. Okay, all right. I was trying to get the dirt on her, but you're not helping me much here, Taryn. Not not helping me at all. Thanks. <laughs> all right, I'm done, Tara. Okay, well, Taryn, I just was telling everybody a little bit about. Um, about your interview that Trevor and I saw after we got back from the show that, and what was, what was your Mustangs horse that you competed on? What was your Mustangs His name, name was Claude Dallas. How'd you come up with that name? Uh, there's a, Claude Dallas is a, is a real outlaw. Uh, in 1981, he, he killed two game wardens in Northern Nevada. Oh. And he hid out. It took them 16 months to find him. Uh, and he hid out in the same area. This Mustang was was born and raised in Little Oahe. Okay, I've I've heard about the Oahe and that there's really not much there except I guess Claude Dallas. Yeah, so it, it, it's kind of a. I the, at first when I heard there's an Ian Tyson song about him, which is how I first heard his name, yeah. and. Uh, I, I didn't even realize it was a real story until uh, I looked it up on the internet. And then <laughs> once I realized it was a true story, uh, I told Holly, she's 
my wife that I wanted to name my Mustang Claude Dallas. Hey, Taryn, you're fading in and out on us a little bit. Um, are you on a speakerphone or something? No, sir. I, I'm just here at home. I probably don't have great service. Okay, yeah. Still, maybe it'll be better. Oh, yeah, okay, good. Thanks. <laughs> okay, so so uh, I heard the song by Ian Tyson, and uh, I told Holly, my wife, that I wanted to name him the Mustang I got, Claude Dallas, as a joke, kind of. And uh, after the adoption, when I picked that Mustang up on May 13th, I looked at all the paperwork, and he was born in Oahe or raised in Oahe. And there were several other things that, that took place that led up to me naming him Claude Dallas. And uh, after the show, a lady reached out to us that her father-in-law was Claude Dallas's attorney. And so I actually, I stayed up all night last night writing a letter to the real Claude Dallas. He, he's kind of the last living outlaw, I think. So it's kind of neat. I, hopefully he'll get my letter and, and I'll get to meet this man one day. So he's still alive? Yes, sir. I thought we were talking 1800s here. We're talking more recent than that. Uh, he he shot the game wardens in 1981. Oh, he was okay. born in 1960. Okay. Did you I think we were talking old west? <laughs> That's what I thought we were talking about. I know. I thought the same thing. <laughs> oh wow! Uh, so it, it, that's why I named him that because I thought it was kind of kind of neat. Yeah. So, and the only reason that. When I was when I watched the video, I I showed Trevor and I was like, "Hey, look at this video that Taryn did." And he said, "Yeah, Taryn told me that it's one of the coolest horses he's ever trained. Like every time you'd show in something, he got it." Is that like tell us a little bit about that? Can yes, you tell ma'am. us about training him? He he was he is I still have him here, but uh, oh. he's probably the most trainable horse I've ever had. I. I showed up to the show and I told Holly, I don't know if I'm prepared. And she asked why. And I said, cause I never trained him. I just rode him. Um, but he always did what I wanted him to do. I don't, I don't, I never had to spend any time teaching him anything. I just rode him and, uh, he picked up everything so fast and he was so willing to do what I wanted him to every time. It really made training fun again. That's cool. And the- that's one of the things Trevor says. He says, I think one of the best qualities in a horse is try. So it sounds like he had a lot of try. Yes, there... try if, if, they'll, if they'll try to help you, it makes it makes it anything training a horse way easier. What was it like for the crowd? I mean, that's one thing that you can't necessarily train for. So was it like a non-event for him? Or did it? Well, could you tell a difference? Um, no, it didn't. It didn't phase him. I think that for him, for sure, I took him to every cutting I went to okay. after May thirteenth. Even the very first week, I took him to the cutting, and when it was over, I rode him around at the show. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think by the time you get to the finals, they have been exposed to so much there in Fort Worth for. I think it's three or four days that they're they're kind of numb to stimulation, uh, and and uh, I think as a trainer it's important to make them make them trust and and listen to you more than anything else. So it makes it easier for them to block out all the distractions that are in Fort Worth. Yeah. 
So one of the things that you said in there was that like a ranch horse or a, a is a good all around horse. And I know you train cutting horses, but you see a lot of value in horses that basically are all around horses. And like, what's some of your background just so people can know that how you grew up so that you have that comparison of an all around horse versus cutting horses versus reining horses versus, you know, specific disciplines. So I, I grew up in Alpine, Texas, which is kind of, uh, it's kind of a big ranch country. My family leased about 50,000 acres out there. And, uh, it was always one of my favorite things to do is ride a good horse through new country. And so any kind of a horse that you can use and, and get a job out that is enjoyable to ride is my favorite kind of horse. I think that the specialty horses, the cutting horses and the reining horses and the cow horses, they're, they're unbelievable athletes and they're a lot of fun to ride. But, but a true horse, a true using horse that you can go out and do any job on, uh, it does a little bit of every is a little more special to me because because they have to be more willing to do whatever's asked of them at that time than just one specific job every day. Yeah, a little bit like what we talked about earlier with the rodeo clowns. You kind of got to be ready for a little bit of everything and change at a moment's notice. And and you also have the bull sometimes on the other end of the of the situation. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. What I was telling Glenn and Jennifer a little bit earlier about Alpine and Marfa, and I was telling them that they need to plan for their their road trip next time when they get to finally make it out to Texas, that they have to go out to like the Marfa area. Can you tell them a little bit about the Marfa lights? Because I don't really, I don't know a whole lot about it other than I've seen them. I don't think anybody knows much <laughs> about them other than seeing them. They're, they're the mystery lights and, uh, you can drive down highway, I think it's highway 90. It's been a while since I've been there and off to the South in the Chinati mountains, there's, there's mystery lights. Uh, they're different colors. Sometimes they're blue and green and red and yellow and they move around. Uh, there's all kinds of stories saying that there, there was an old Indian that got lost and the light led him home. I mean, there's all different kinds of, of, uh, stories about them, but, as far as I know, no one's ever solved the mystery as to what they really are. Uh, and we've ruled out aliens. Uh. <laughs> the, the aliens are in Roswell. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah wrong spot. <laughs> Got it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and from when you guys kind of moved from that area, you you moved toward what, I don't know what I call, sort of the, the Western horse country and out in that area. But then you actually did a a project with one of the Mustangs that you called Cheatgrass, and he's really the one that helped you guys start your place there in Marietta. Is that right? Is yes, it Cheatgrass? Uh, yeah. He, yes, ma'am. Cheatgrass was the, it was the second Mustang makeover I did in 2010, and he was, he ended up winning that competition. And then what do you guys do there now in Marietta, Oklahoma? I actually was telling Glenn, like, I've actually only seen you in person six times, I think, in my life. Maybe seven or eight. <laughs> <laughs> so Yeah, it hadn't so, been very many. Uh, so what is it that you guys do there in, in Marietta? I start a lot of two-year-olds, 
and uh, of all disciplines. We have rope horses and ranch horses and cutting horses and reining horses. And then most of the, the horses go on to, to different trainers to, to do what they're specialized to do. And then we keep the cutting horses here. And uh, we show almost every weekend at, at a weekend cutting. And occasionally we have one that that uh, we feel is good enough to take to Fort Worth. To I've shown it to Futurity and the Super Stakes and the Derby down there at the cutting. And do you show primarily in cutting, or do you show in any other events, roping or cow horse? Or? Mostly just the cutting. I have a I have a two-year-old that I'm going to try to show at the cow horse maturity next year since they moved Ooh. it to Fort Worth. Yeah, cool. And I'll occasionally, there's some ranch horse competitions around that uh, I'll occasionally go to if I'm home and have a horse that needs to get out and do something. Hey, so you were at Fort Worth for the Mustang makeover. Was was there was there anybody or any of the horses, any of the trainers or horses that really stood out to you and you went, okay, that was pretty cool? Something you maybe hadn't seen before? Uh, th- there's always lots of great trainers and lots of great horses. I've 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 watched almost every single makeover since 2008, which is the first one. And uh, after watching Bobby Kerr, I don't know if you've ever heard of Bobby. Yeah, sure. He's the one that has the horse that sits down in the car. After watching him, I don't know what anybody could do that that is cooler (laughs) than that. Yeah. Um, Yeah, when your horse sits in the car with you, it's kind of tough to beat that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, sir. But every year I go, it's amazing to see what, what people have gotten accomplished with a wild horse in 120 days. Uh, Tom Hagwood has won that event maybe four or five times, and his horses are always really broke, always look good. Um, and it seems like every year there's there's new people doing it that do a really, really good job. When you say, like when you tear and see a horse that you would say is really broke, like what are what are four things that you say makes a broke horse? Uh, probably the, the four things would be a horse that's straight, straight up, like going where you tell it, um, it, it's following its head the meaning it's so it's not running through its shoulders anywhere. It doesn't gap its mouth. It doesn't ring its tail and it just never says no. Yeah. I, I think okay. that all that is is kind of bottled up into the straightness, but but those are the probably the four characteristics that I'd I'd want to see in a broke horse. Hmm. Okay, <laughs> I've never asked anybody that question, so I'm having to process your answers I've never too, been asked at the same that time. Question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, isn't it amazing though so, that we've never been asked that question or, or, or asked that question? So well done, Tara. Oh, yeah. Good. So. Oh, and everybody, everybody has their own idea of what broke is. Right. Yeah. Exactly. I think. I think. I, yeah, my version of broke is I get on and they don't do anything to kill me. Yeah. See, that's <laughs> mine. My, there are degrees. Yeah, that's right. My wife's version of broke is that they do exactly what she wants, when she wants, how she wants, and nothing else. <laughs> and that's why you're still married to her because you're broke. Right? 
so. Yeah, you asked for that one. <laughs> well, Taryn, thank you so much for joining us. What's your website? Uh, com, And that's M-U-E-N-C-H. Ter- and it's T-E-R-Y-N. Basically, nobody's going to know how to spell your entire name. So... Um, so we'll put a link to that in our show notes for today's show and also on, on our Facebook page. Thank you, Taryn, for joining us, and congratulations again. Well, thank you for having me. All right, and next time I have you on, we won't have Tara here, and you can tell me all the good stories, okay? All right. <laughs> okay. All right, thanks, Taryn. He wasn't dropping anything on you. Nothing. I got nothing. That's right. I play. I play my cards well. Yeah, you have good friends. You really do. Keep them close. <laughs> what a nice guy! <laughs> I can see why he and your husband get along. Yeah. <clears throat> well, Tara, thank you so much for joining us. We're at the end of another Western episode here. We really appreciate you being here. If uh, you want to check out all the past episodes, uh, you can go to horsesinthemorning.com. But also, more importantly, if you want to hire, if they want to hire your husband or be involved in any of the clinics and things that you guys do, where do they do that? We're at carterranchhorse.com. CarterRanchHorse.com. And as nice as Tara is, her husband is as nice. So if you're going to want to take lessons or do anything uh, involving training of horses or going to the clinics, you can't do it with nicer people than these two. I'm just telling you that because I've spent time with them. And (laughs) Tara and I spent a lot of time together in a little (laughs) tiny glass room. Uh, And uh, it was lovely. It was a lot of fun. We did. We went from first... First uh, introductions to fast friends. Yeah, we went from first a date. Very tiny space. Yeah, that's right. We went to from first date to uh, old friends in about four days. <clears throat> yeah, <laughs> in a twelve by twelve room with a bunch of smelly TV people. So, <laughs> so uh, you can follow Horses in the Morning on Facebook. Just search for Horses in the Morning. All the links and stuff that we post there about the show every day are there. And you can have the Horse Radio Network shows all fifteen of them. Right on your phone. Just uh, search for Horse Radio Network on iOS or Android, and it's a free, it's easy-to-use app, and that's the easiest, simplest way to listen to our shows. Tomorrow, Jamie will be back. We'll have our Wednesday episode. And actually, I think uh, we have a, we have our newest helper joining us, our newest partner in crime here. Jemmy is going to be producing tomorrow as Jennifer has the morning off. Actually, not. She's doing other stuff. But Jemmy will be here tomorrow, so it should be a lot of fun. Thanks, everybody. Thank you, Tara. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Glenn. Thanks, everyone. All right. See you next month.